Welcome to the Difference of 13 podcast, where we make a difference by doing it differently. Welcome to episode 28 of the Difference of 13 podcast. My name is Chris. And I'm Terry. And we are here to hopefully help you understand how to navigate healthcare by doing things a bit differently, being staying healthy, and uh, today, be happy. Right. So why don't you tell everybody what we're going to be talking about today? Um, talking about how sometimes health issues can cause you to not be happy uh, and yeah. what you do about that and, you know, how to, how to work through that. Yeah, it's going to be a lot about talking about depression. You know, we'll talk, uh, I'll talk personally about my experience with cardiac depression. Uh, if it's your first time listening, I had open heart surgery about I guess, two and a half years ago now. Time flies. Um, So I'll talk about that and kind of on a personal note, and and I actually went through some how I handled that, some counseling, some and uh, and what I learned during that process. And uh, and Terry is going to talk just because it was your idea. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to make you talk a lot about all that fun stuff too. Yeah, you've got. So we'll talk different options that potentially may be out there for you. Type of uh, professionals you probably should be checking out. Uh, But before we get into that. Let's ask for some uh, for some love. Yes, because that makes us happy. It does make us very happy. Five stars, please, um, <laughs> on whatever podcast platform you use. Thumbs up on YouTube would be great, and I especially like the comments. Yeah. So, any questions, uh, ideas for future uh, episodes? Definitely make sure you uh, throw the, throw those up there, mm-hmm. um, so we can uh, give you what you want. Give right. the people what they want, you know? Exactly. If there's something we're not covering that you want to know about, ask us. We'll be Definitely. happy to investigate and get back to you. Definitely. Well, uh, let's get into it. And uh, okay. since it was your idea, um, I don't want to keep you happy. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's let, let's let you, why don't you lead, off, lead it off here? Well, what kind of started making me think about this is, you know, because I have Ehlers-Danlos, I have chronic pain. And over the years, I've had various doctors suggest antidepressants. And I, I'm open to, I'll, I'll try anything. I'm, you know, like, let's just get this done. That's my attitude. But in talking with other people who have either Ehlers-Danlos or some other kind of chronic pain, some of them get very defensive when the doctor says, here, let's try this antidepressant. They interpret that as the doctor thinks it's all in my head. They think I'm just depressed, what have you. But Now, I'm not a scientist here, but chemically, antidepressants can help with pain. Um, Nerve issues, you can probably explain that way better than I can. (laughs) Anybody can explain it better than I can. But a doctor prescribing that doesn't necessarily think you're depressed, but the antidepressants can also be used to treat other issues. Um, But also, when you have a chronic illness chronic pain, something major like heart surgery, it wouldn't be terribly surprising if you did develop a little bit of depression. So would an antidepressant be the worst idea in the world? I feel, I feel like we need to get over this stigma of, I take antidepressants, but I don't want anybody to know that embarrassment. Yeah, I think the big thing for me was, you know, I wasn't, you know, there's, you can be kind of sad or, I mean, there's, I mean, Actually, I'm in the works right now. I'm getting a psychologist on here mm-hmm. to talk more in depth. We are not giving advice no. here on how to nope. handle this. Uh, you know, we're going to talk a lot. I'm going to talk a lot from my personal experience. Um, but when we have the the doctor on, then 
they'll do all of that. Yeah. That's, that's a big part too, <laughs> is uh, staying in your lane and what you know, and what you don't know. Yeah. Um, so, you know, hopefully this will help to give you ideas of people to seek out. Um, mm-hmm. This will be one episode. I'm not going to tell you to go see your physical therapist. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think with my experience, you, know, you have kind of symptoms, you know, and they can be acute and short term and you can kind mm-hmm. of come in and out of them where, you know, you you may feel sad or you may not want to get out of bed. You, know, you just kind of want to stay in bed and maybe life will get better when you wake up. <laughs> um, you know, for me personally, I, you know, I started self-medicating with alcohol a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, that was like two drinks a night. <laughs> um, you know, for other people, it's more. For some people, it may be less. But, um, you know, I had a period where that's I'd get home and I would and I don't really normally do that. But it would just became I'd have two drinks every night and kind of try to forget about stuff. Maybe right. just that's how I coped with it. Mm-hmm. Um, until it took me about a year before my before Lauren <laughs> got me to actually go <laughs> talk to somebody. Um, but really, I think there's a stigma. I don't necessarily think about the antidepressants. It's more just like being depressed is like bad. Like right. Be feeling anxious is if, a bad thing. If you just thing. tried a little bit harder, you could, you know. And, and I think, well. And that's, you know, depression, it's it's a chemical process in your brain. And, you know, it's like telling somebody if they have a broken leg, well, if you just tried a little bit harder, you could walk on that broken leg. And that's not true. Well, I think the first step, yeah, the first step is to acknowledge that it's going on and it's a normal feeling sad or, you know, that those are or feeling anxious. Those are normal feelings. And you, you need to acknowledge that they're there. The best mm-hmm. analogy I had or was given when I was, you know, in, you know, actually call it counseling, I guess, um, was basically <laughs> describing anxiety or, you know, anger, like your feelings are like, you're like a two year, like a toddler. And they want your attention, and so mm-hmm. they're they're tugging at your leg. And if you continue to try to ignore them, they will tug harder and harder. They don't go away. <laughs> um, and they'll whine can, louder. And yeah. you can try to bury your feelings, and you know they're still going to be there at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're probably going to be a little bit worse and cause more issues. Whereas if you acknowledge the kid and say, "What do you want? I want a cracker," or "Watch this," <laughs> and you know, my kids will just watch this, and they'll jump and you say, that's great. And then they run away and they're good. Uh, Yeah. So if you can acknowledge that uncomfortable feeling, whether, you know, the anxiety or uh, sadness, whatever it may be, and then you can, you know, first step is to acknowledge it and then you can start to deal with it and and move Mm -hmm. on and learn how to live with it. I think, you know, feeling angry or sad or, you know, those are not bad things. Those are normal things as humans that we feel and we need to acknowledge them and then you can, you know, move on, I guess. Um, yeah, I think there's this yeah. kind of attitude that we should never feel uncomfortable. There should be, you know, we should always, we should remove anything that's uncomfortable. And that's not normal human existence. It's a boring human existence. Right? There, there's times that things are uncomfortable. And to me, that's when I grow the most is when I'm put into a situation where I'm uncomfortable and I have to figure out how to get out of it. Yeah, well, I think that's one of the best you know, piece of advice I've ever been given is you're not doing anything worth doing unless you feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, building a business, doing a podcast, which you were uncomfortable with. Yeah. How much you love it now? You're coming up with all these, all these topics every week. I can't say I'm still totally comfortable with it. But it's not. <laughs> I guess we got to keep doing it then. I know. Yeah. I know. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, acknowledging feelings you know, and acknowledging that it, it's okay to be uncomfortable and mm-hmm. that and learning to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, and it's okay to ask good. for help. It's okay. You know, you go through something dramatic like having your chest cut open. 
there's going to be some feelings after that. That hits your mortality because I've I've thought a lot about that. You know, I've been through numerous surgeries and I've always taken them fairly well in stride because it's like, okay, I'm having knee surgery. Worst case, it goes horribly wrong and I can't use my knee. Well, I'm still alive, but with heart surgery, worst case, it doesn't go well and your heart doesn't work. You're dead. Game over. <laughs> you know, there's no... So that is a whole nother level. That's, yeah. and especially at your age, that really you question your mortality, what's going to happen to my children, you know, the things I, I could potentially miss out on, that's big. It's yeah. huge. Yeah, I think, you know, for, if you're listening and don't know, if you haven't listened to the earlier episodes, so I had open heart surgery when I was 30. Uh, I had, my daughter was eight months, no, yeah, eight months old. And my son was three. And we had just moved into this brand new space. That we definitely couldn't afford. No. <laughs> and I was producing about 70% of the revenue at that no point. No pressure. And so I basically found out 30 days beforehand that I was going to need to have open heart surgery. And so uh, long story short, I had the surgery. And then, you know, after just kind of came, I think I was back here four weeks later. Yeah. <laughs> probably against doctor's orders. Against um, my orders. <laughs> I don't Did? listen to you. No, just no, like no, Just like no. you don't listen to me. Right. It's a mutual, mutual, right. mutually uh, accepted relationship. Yeah, part of our relationship. But uh, so, yeah, and I probably so I, that was in August. I probably kind of just through the dealings of life, kind of just didn't really think about it, and was until probably January or February, I think, is when it started to kind mm -hmm. of hit me. Of you know, I realized I had started, you know, drinking. Pretty much every night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I wasn't getting drunk, but I was you know, getting a buzz on every night. And uh, and then it just – I can't remember if it was another four to five months. That was the time when Lauren had brought up, maybe you should go talk to somebody. And I'm like, ah, yeah. that's weak. I'm strong. I can be – I'll be I'm good. I'm a big, strong man. Yeah. I don't need that. Um, <laughs> yeah, but in all honesty, you know, I was having issues of you – know, from a, a self-image standpoint, you know, I couldn't pick up my kids for – 10, 12 weeks. They were mm -hmm. there. We have big kids. Yeah, they're very big. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, I couldn't pick up as a father. I couldn't pick up my, my eight-month-old daughter. I couldn't, you know, my son couldn't run and hug me and I couldn't pick him up and throw him over my head. You know, those, those lead to you kind of questioning your, your quote-unquote manliness or... Well, your identity. You, you're yeah, not you're, the same person you used to be. Right. And I think the challenge for me is I went into that. Uh, I felt fine. I didn't mm -hmm. have any symptoms. It was... <laughs> Needless to say, I had an aneurysm that was about to pop and kill me, but um, I felt fine. <laughs> so, so, but post surgically, I felt way worse than I had before surgery. So, you know, I couldn't work out. I didn't. I was definitely it's not like, as strong as I was. Why did I do was. that? Yeah, and you know, I, on top of it, trying to revive the, the business. <laughs> um, so it was there was a lot going on in my life, and I just I'm a good Irish Catholic. We take feelings, mm -hmm. we shove them deep down in there, exactly. and we close them, lock them, and don't ever talk about them again. <laughs> Um, so, you know, that was, that was tough for me, you know, for a while. And then I eventually did go to the, to see the psychologist and, um, and that's where we started talking about, you know, well, what does it feel like? Cause I started having anxiety kind of issues. Mm -hmm. I didn't really want to get out of bed very much. Um, and so, you know, it was just, you know, it was, well, what does it feel like when you have that? And it was starting to identify, well, what did I physically had that manifest? What did I feel like? Right. And then once I started to understand what I felt like and I could identify it, I wasn't trying to solve it right away. It was just being aware of it, being mm -hmm. there. <clears throat> and then it was understanding, well, what sort of things 
what causes that? And for me, it was kind of an anxiousness or Mm -hmm. anxiety. And and everybody has different coping strategies. My coping strategy was become crazy type A and try to organize my life and organize everything. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it was then learning to understand what anxiety was. And that's worrying about the future. I, I, at the deeper levels, was worried I was going to die. Was I going to see my daughter walk down the aisle? You know, was I going to get that first dance with my daughter? Was Mm -hmm. I going to see my my children graduate college or, um, you know, those were all very real things to me. Uh, and this is the first time I've actually said that without getting teary. I know I was, I was waiting for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> look at you. <laughs> um, progress, progress. Yeah. But you know, that's, I started to understand what my anxiety was about. It was about future things that I couldn't control. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when I started to realize that it was, well, what can I control? You know, I can control how I, I can't control the future. That's for darn sure. Just like nobody out there can. But you can control how you react to the world and what it throws at you. Um, and for me, I started really looking at what are my values and, and what intrinsically makes me happy. Mm-hmm. And that's honestly for par for success where our core values have come from. Of, right. You know, being passionate about you know, learning and, and being, uh, you know, having, doing everything we do with integrity. And really what I found is if I can live my life by doing those things, that makes me happy. I, I'm, I, I'm not worried if something bad happens, it, I stayed true to myself and right. that just is what you it was. You did the best you could. Yeah. And so then you start to, we're, I'm actually reading a book now on a Nate, one of our coaches uh-huh. gave me, uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving, I don't know, if, can we say the? The F word. The F word. <laughs> the Subtle Art of Not Giving uh, F word. Uh, basically, the premise, you only have so many craps to give. Right. You know, and so and inherently, Lauren and I had, you know, through the surgery, it was like her favorite saying was, I just don't have the emotional capacity for that stupid stuff right now. Right. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, at some point uh, we need to kind of go down that road and figure out what's important, what's not important. What are we going to spend our time worrying about? Um, but that's, so that's a lot of the stuff that I learned in the counseling world that has helped me to kind of understand that being anxious and mm-hmm. feeling sad, those are normal things. That's okay. Um, it's not, not to self shame myself. Right. <laughs> um, and so for me, it, I was able to manage that with a lot of counseling. Now there certainly mm-hmm. are cases. Uh, and when we have the doctor on the psychologist, we'll allow them to talk more specifically about the true science of it. But like you mentioned, where there's actually true chemical imbalances. Mm-hmm. And in those cases, sometimes medication is necessary. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of times it's a combination of counseling as well as the medications, but whatever level you know, how severe it is or whatever you need to manage it, it's definitely nothing to be embarrassed about. Well, to me, it's a sign of strength to say, I have this problem, I need to fix it, as opposed to allowing a problem to take you over. And, yeah. One totally. of the, the best things, one of my favorite surgeons said to me, and again, I, yes, I have a favorite surgeon, um, because I was going through all these surgeries in rapid succession, I was in pain all the time, and I kept saying, I just don't feel like myself anymore. I feel like this has taken over my life. And he said, when you're in chronic pain, it literally changes the chemistry in your brain. And no, you are not the same person you used to be. And I've had to kind of come to grips with that, that obviously physically, I can't do a lot of the things that I used to do. And that was a hard adjustment. But also mentally, I don't think the same way I used to. And I also had to sort of readjust to that and people around me have had to readjust to that and and i 
it's just the way it is. I can't, I'm not going to beat myself up over it. It's, I'm not going to try to change and be somebody that I, I'm not, you know, pretend to be somebody I'm not because this is what I've got right now. So like you said, I'm just going to make the best of what I got and hopefully it's good enough. Yeah. And I think the things that really helped me to, to kind of summarize were, uh, there's a lot of stuff online. You can like figure out what your core values are. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we judge happiness by, well, how nice is my car? Right. You know, I, I know have f- the big house. Yeah. I know for a time I was, oh, that guy's driving a BMW. Look at that lady in the Mercedes. Wow. They must be really doing well. Well, for me, it's seeing, you know, like on Instagram, people going out and doing these amazing things. Well, that makes it even worse, right? Right. Because you nobody know, posts the sad crap in no, their life. You know, <laughs> so, they're so, going skiing. They're going, you know, running on the beach. And look I'm like, how healthy and happy and I'm successful. Like, I'm happy if I can walk on the beach, much less run on the beach. Well, and, that, and that adds to the cycle, right? So mm-hmm. you're feeling down. You feel like, you know, maybe you're starting with some negative self-talk. You're, mm-hmm. you're just, you're asking yourself, you know, some people call them like loser questions or weak right. questions where, you know, well, why me? Well, your brain's going to answer that question and probably in ways that don't make you feel right. good about yourself. Um, so, you know, as opposed to asking yourself strong questions, and that's what I had to change was instead of saying, why did I have to have this? You know, nobody else trying to start a business is dealing with this and trying mm-hmm. to raise a family and what the hell. And you know, instead it was, well, why not me? You know, what has this given me that allows me in this situation to thrive where others may fail? Um, and asking those kind of strong questions. Um, but that's really tough on s- when you go on social media and everybody's and their mother is happy and go lucky Magical and lives. making tons of money and filtered. Opening. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, nobody, po- I think we should open up like a satagram. Yeah. Where, like everybody posts their sad crap. <laughs> Just <laughs> depressed. Go look at that. This is me laying in bed yet again this weekend because I'm too tired to do anything else. Right. But, but I mean, the fact is that that. Is a That's challenge. Reality. That's a reality, reality. That, that we need to face if you are feeling that way. That mm-hmm. maybe you don't you make a conscious decision not to go look at that stuff, um, or find the one account where they're they're worse off than you. Maybe that yeah. makes you feel better. I don't know. I, I love the ones where they post like, "This is me with no makeup. This is me, you know, with the sweaty hair and a ponytail after working out," as opposed to the you know poised models and who've airbrushed their makeup on. I want to see. Real people doing real things. Yeah. Well, and, I, and I think, you know, one of the big things I learned when I was in counseling was there's a, there's all these external factors that a lot of people will use to judge success and happiness, mm-hmm. whether it's cars or house or, you know, how, how nice is your six pack or how good do you look in a bikini or, you know, but at the end of the day, what really matters is those, are those internal mm-hmm. you know, factors. And for, you know, for me, passion, learning, you know, integrity and growth. Those are the ones that for me, if I'm hitting those, I'm the happiest and understanding that now, you know, I don't have the same feelings that I used to. And I see somebody driving around in a beautiful car and I'm in my, I don't even know how old my Mazda is right now, but she's got character. She's mature, (laughs) you know, but you know, instead of judging myself based off something external Mm -hmm. that really the person driving that nice car could be in a buttload of debt. Right. Uh-huh. They could be really miserable. Yeah. They could be yeah. absolutely miserable. They life. could be working a job they absolutely despise to pay for that car. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's just shifting your, your, your frame of mind in terms of what are the things that you are going to take control of in your life to make you know, yourself happy? How, what, are you, what are your markers of success? And everybody's is, are going to be different. Everybody's happiness markers are going to be different. And challenge yourself to live towards those. But 
but if, if you are struggling with that, definitely would recommend, you know, probably the first step would be talking to your primary care. Right. Uh, you know, that's, this is more of a medical issue a lot of the times and they can direct you, you know, or you go to a psychologist or somebody in that field to uh, give you some guidance in terms of where to go. Yeah, because there's, there's lots of good options out there now. It's not always just, you know, here's a pill or, you know, you're destined to live this way forever. I mean, I've had friends who've struggled with depression at various points in their lives and they work through it and they could be depression-free for years or maybe it comes back. But at least they they have tools to recognize signals before it gets too bad. Um, miraculously, that's one thing I haven't had to really deal with. I've had enough other things, but I, I don't think I've ever been truly depressed, like clinically depressed. I think I get frustrated and I definitely get sad at times that I can't do the things that I want to do. And there is that distinction between we all have bad, not just bad days, but we go through bad periods in our life. And that doesn't necessarily mean true clinical depression. Right. That's normal. Um, so don't try to self-medicate or even you know, clinically medicate for that. Just recognize sometimes we feel bad and it's okay. Right. And it's okay to go get help. And, you know, right? I never was truly clinically depressed. Mm-hmm. You know, I had moments where I was probably more towards that end of the spectrum. But, uh, but yeah, it's okay to go. It's strong to go and ask for right. help. It's hard. And to be able to do that, that's good. I think it's interesting as you think like building a business, a multi-billion dollar business is really hard. Playing in the NFL is really no, hard. No, it's not. Uh, <laughs> it is. Well, okay, yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> it's actually really hard. Um, but playing professional sports is really hard. But a lot of those hard things, everybody thinks of like, wow, the people that do those are amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, I, you know, being a stay-at-home mom is really hard. People don't give them enough credit. Um, you know, having depression or being sad mm-hmm. and going and seeking out help and admitting that you do that's really hard having an addiction and you know like alcoholism or mm-hmm. going to AA like that's hard but people i think in with those different buckets don't necessarily get the shout outs and the respect no, that they, they don't, deserve you know, people are like well just you know what's wrong with you that you're depressed well i'm depressed that's what's wrong and i'm going to get it fixed well there's and there's not that's not necessarily wrong right. that's just it's that's, not that's, wrong. that's your just, state at that point right and you have you know Hopefully, with the help, you can change that. And mm-hmm. You can change. You always have the ability to uh, to control how you respond to what the cards you've been dealt to the environment around you. That is the one thing that you will always have control of, unless ninety nine percent of people. <laughs> Some people, you know, extreme cases, maybe yeah. not. But um, you, you know, most of you listening to this have the ability to respond or control how you respond to what is thrown right. at you in life. Right. Because. Yeah, you're right. We you never know what's coming down tomorrow, and to you can't let yourself worry about that too much because you have to deal with what you've got at yeah. the time. And you've only got so, as you've only got so many craps to give, right? So, and I don't give too many of them. <laughs> yeah, do I? <laughs> so, uh, I hope you got something out of that today. That you know, um, if you have any questions at all, definitely reach out. You know, I'm always happy to talk about my personal experience. I want to reiterate, we are not you know, no. mental health professionals. Uh, we're simply just sharing our experiences. You know, I'm sharing what I've learned from a mental mm-hmm. health professional. Um, you know, this is not meant to substitute for you going to chat with somebody Absolutely about not. that. And, and we will be bringing on a, an actual mental health professional <laughs> um, to answer, you know, or talk more in depth about the specifics of, of this and hopefully answer even more questions for you. So I really appreciate you listening and hanging with us today. Uh, 
please five stars wherever you're listening. Two thumbs up um, if you're on uh, on YouTube watching us. Uh, any way that we can help you, please put down the yeah. comments. Let us know. Share, share your story. What's happened to you? I think the more people are willing to open up and share their stories, the more others will feel either see something in them that says, you know what, I'm having that same experience. I need to do something about this or have the confidence to also, uh, the more we talk about it, the less it's going to be like this taboo, Mm -hmm. bad thing that we shouldn't discuss. It happens. Appreciate you hanging out with us and uh, we will see you on the flip side. Bye. Bye.